So what does mental well-being mean to you, John? Uh, probably, personally, it's it's just generally being, you know, happy and content within yourself. Like, we all, we all know when we're happy and when we're in the shit. And I think it's just generally being, you know, level and, and enjoying what you're doing and having a good, good time, basically. Winter and Friends, the podcast dedicated to reducing the stigma of mental ill health and promoting good well-being. This podcast is brought to you in association with Over There Clothing, a UK-based armed forces veteran-run company making you look as alley as you can, whilst also supporting armed forces and blue light charities. Check them out on Instagram at Over There Clothing. My aim for this podcast is to share some pretty awesome stories by some pretty awesome individuals, whilst also helping to promote good physical and mental well-being, and of course to help keep you sane during yet another national lockdown. So, get yourself a brew, settle down, and listen in. Right, welcome to the podcast. Um... What I want you to do first is uh, tell everyone how much of a biff been, and it's taken us since, well, about five o'clock, it's now five to six to get on. Yeah. Um, an infantier and a, a cavalryman don't know how to use Zoom, even though we use it every day. Um, more entertaining. It's great, isn't it? Uh, I think we've gone from three different devices, but finally we've got it working. Um, so, John, tell us uh, where you grew up, how you've become the man you've came today well I grew up born and bred in Hereford I went to school in Hereford primary school high school um, joined the army as soon as I left school at 16 which come to a quick bitter end at 12 months down the line with a medical discharge um, which threw me off the track a bit do you want, went to, on to, do you want to talk about your, your medical discharge mate what what happened yeah, it's just uh, I, I got a knee injury, which uh, was um, tibial torsion, they call it. Uh, it's, it's pretty much a twisty bend biomechanical one thing leads to another drama. Um, which, yeah, so I done, uh, had to go through three years of physio after that, which put me back right, rejoined at 20. Uh, after bouncing through civilian jobs on the way and then uh, back in at 20 and joined two rifles. Credit to you, mate, for the, the dedication you had there to do it. I mean, what, what was the main reason for you wanting to join? It's something I've always wanted to do as a, as a child. Um, all the photos that my mother's got of me as a kid is all cammed up in the garden with a little tent on the go. Uh, but, you know, we've not we didn't have any military family or I don't know. It's just one of those things that took me as a kid, I suppose. Oh, brilliant. And how, how many years did you serve in total? Uh, five years. Any, uh, any regrets about any of it? No, it's generally a, a good all round experience. Like the experiences you get over the years, you'll never get anywhere else. So what, what was your favorite bit of it then? Um, probably the you know 
spending time in countries that, you know, we, anybody else wouldn't go on on holiday. Oh, like okay. your, your Kenyas and... Yeah, a lot of people go travelling to those sort of areas, don't they? Yeah, in a different perspective, I suppose. You know, yeah. like staying in resorts and whatever. Yeah, it is a bit different, really, isn't it? I'm just teasing. Yeah. Um, so, any operational tours? Uh, I did a Op Tour 2017 of Iraq Op Shader, which for all the uh, for all the military listeners on this, it's not a not a tour that you've all probably done, but yeah, it's something. So, how different was that to to let's say an Op Telic in in Iraq early on? Oh, it'd have been well. Obviously, I wouldn't have been on it, but I could imagine it was completely different. Obviously, ball game. So what what was the main role out there for you? So uh, the battalion was split into into two with BPC, which was a training company as such, and then Sec Four, which was stag on till your eyes fall out. <laughs> I was going to ask you what your worst times were in the in the, the military. So I think that's probably it, is it? Get a mag and stag on. Yeah, that's lit, mate. <laughs> a fence inside a fence. Well, it's got to be done, you know. It's got to be yeah, done. someone's got to do it. Eh? So let, let's uh, move forward to to the, the transition into civilian life. Second time around, when you you left for let's say for good, because I, I assume you're not planning on going back at the moment. Who um, knows, mate? Who knows? Well, you never say never. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what 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 was the main the main challenge for you when you went from from squaddy to civvy? I I found it quite difficult, really, with uh, with the change. It's it was almost like um, you couldn't really find your place. That's probably the best I can explain it. Don't like you know where do you go when you when you finish? Where do you settle? Yeah, I mean you know uh, for you obviously you you've landed up back in Hereford. Um, how long ago was it that you left? Uh, so now it would be 18 months. And do you think you found your feet yet? Probably not. Still, um, I don't know. It might be, uh, I might be my worst enemy with this type of thing, but you know, you can always feel you settle into something and then you feel like you should be doing better or could be doing better. And that, that circle starts again, almost. Yeah. I mean, like you say, you your own critic really aren't you um, definitely so any highlights of of leaving the military what sort of things you've been doing well i suppose the biggest highlight is you know you get a bit of a bit of freedom i suppose um I managed to buy uh, me and my partner managed to buy our first house so it's quite nice to have that uh, bit of your own space back it's important to say that we are in a, a national lockdown, so I haven't seen the house yet, but I'm eagerly awaiting this uh, this housewarming party that you're gonna. Yes, it's gonna still have. still not had a housewarming party uh, six months on, so. So we'll aim for 2022. Fingers crossed, mate. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> so uh, we we met when I was working in the um, the army careers office, uh, and you came down um, on a bit of a. A posting down there whilst you were was it while you were recovering from injury or something yeah i had uh i had surgery so 
I had a couple of months uh, post-surgery of a little jolly, I think it was called. <laughs> so so that, obviously that's when I first met you back, well, it's got to be five or six years ago now, hasn't it? Um, uh, and then we sort of lost touch for a little bit. And then all of a sudden you turn up in Hereford and invite me for a brew. And because of the, the job that I'm doing, you mentioned about you were struggling uh, with the transition going into civilian street and we went on a bit of a jolly didn't we didn't we ever yeah best <laughs> jolly i've been on i think right well i'll let you explain all about it then so we went to uh we had our little brew meeting at hr4k and had a little chat down there and well it's more about the blue it just it was the perfect timing really you were going and you had the opportunity to take someone with you and we ended up uh, on a day trip out at Silverstone. <laughs> it, it wasn't just any old day trip though, was it? It, was, uh, it wasn't It wasn't any old day. With uh, multiple laps around Silverstone with professional drivers, which is uh, something you don't do every day, that's for sure. There was certainly one driver in particular that we both um, took a shine to and uh, and I think if if either of us hadn't have had the laps with this particular person, um, we'd have been gutted, wouldn't we? And we probably never spoke to each other again. Um, no. <laughs> so it, it was uh, it was the one and only Sir Chris Hoy, who was uh, he's a, a ex Le Mans twenty four hour driver. Obviously, is a you know a award winning multi Olympian. Um, I don't know how many Olympic golds he's got, uh, but I don't think you better count it on two hands, would you? No, um, uh, crack, cracking bloke as well. To be fair to him, he was brilliant, wasn't he? You know, he he oh, uh, brilliant. he never once said, "Do you know who I am?" Or "I am so and so." It was it was a case of, you know, "Hi, I'm Chris. Um, this is this is the car I'm taking you around the GP circuit in. Um, strap yourself in, basically." Yeah, and, and it was only for me. I I recognised his voice straight away because I'm a, a a big cycling fan anyway. Um, uh, and, and then I turned to him, and of course he had his his name on his helmet. And, yeah. uh, See, I didn't have a clue, absolutely no idea, because obviously we got in with him, and he was chatting away. He said, "Hello, I'm Chris," and just chatting away like all the other drivers were being. And I'd, I'd, the couple of um, the couple of other drivers we had before, I'd asked them what they what they done as a job, just out of interest, and obviously because they had these multi hundred thousand pound cars and. I didn't bother asking for some reason, but <laughs> halfway around, I just glimpsed across and he's got C. Hoy written on his helmet and it was a bit of a jaw-dropping moment then, really. I wonder what he'd have said if, if you'd have asked him what job he does. I really would have loved to have yeah, seen Yeah, it'd been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And, and all that is, uh, is thanks to, to Mission Motorsport and Mission Automotive. Um, they they put the event on every every so often for for various beneficiaries of their charity. So it, it's very important to say thank you to them. Um, I've done quite a bit with them over the past few years, really, and uh, and hopefully I'll be doing a lot more with them. Um, so shout out to to Jim at Mission Motorsport. Thanks for all that you do. Um, well, let's let's move it on a bit, and I'm, I'm going to start asking you a, a few questions, if that's all right. Yeah, no problem. So with the, the lockdown, as it is with this, this pandemic, um, it's affecting a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So how's, how's it affected you, mate? 
to be fair, um, I'm quite lucky really because my job now, um, it hasn't affected my job at all. So I've been going in daily. If not, it's been busier. I've heard that uh, a lot, just, yeah. Yeah, just the nature of the job. It's it's And it's become quite easier as well in some some respects. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I suppose the only way it's affected me is, you know, uh, like weekend life, uh, you know, you can't do things that you'd like to do as in you can't go out for a meal or pint or, you know, that's the only way it's affected me. So I've been lucky in a way. Housewarming. Housewarming, yeah. <laughs> There's another one. Yeah. Um, so have, have you got any advice for anybody that, that's potentially furloughed and can't work um, or, or be maybe redundant? Any advice for them who's struggling? Um, one that's helped me and not so much, uh, obviously I haven't been furloughed, but people that are struggling being at home is is getting out. Um, I know you, you know, you can't really get out as what you used to be able to, but just some sort of exercise or fitness in the garden on your own. It's just something to break the day and, you know, tie you out a little bit just to exercise. It helped me loads. Cool. Have you been doing the Joe Wicks PE lessons then? I haven't mate. No, I've got, I've got my own little uh, gymney in the garage now. Oh, cool. It's got minimum minimum kit, but it's uh, getting me through. <laughs> so all things considered, and let's let's hope this vaccine rollout and everything uh, is going to work in all of our favours. Where do you see yourself in in six to nine months' time? Six to nine months' time. Not very long, is it? No, that's a hard one. Um, hopefully, in the same place, work-wise. Um, and yeah maybe expanding trying to trying to push further in work and and getting into a better place at work um is probably i may be starting to see um a bit of recovery in the country that would be a nice sight that'd be nice wouldn't it bloody high it certainly would be cool um so i'm going to change it a little bit now and, and go away from the the, the mental well-being side of things um or maybe i'm not <laughs> what would you change about yourself if you could change anything um probably atti- uh, i say attitude it's not so much attitude it's maybe how i um what's the word how i digest certain things like um, like I, said, I mentioned earlier about with uh, careers and work where, you know, you could, I, you always think you could be doing better or you should be in a better place, but then, you know, you need to appreciate what, what we've got and what we could have position we can be in. Mm, interesting. So probably that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say your car, if anything. But... Well, see, it's back on the road now, mate, so... That's all good in that perspective at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> so what motivates you? Self-pride, mostly. Um, I could all say, I'm, uh, you know, money motivates everybody, really, doesn't it? But self-pride is definitely, definitely a stronghold there. I think that goes without saying for, 
for anybody that's that served their country really yeah 100 percent. it's a it's an important one and what's your proudest achievement in life proudest achievement well um being in the forces is that will always be a proud proud achievement in life to me um but probably a more of a short-term goal was buying the house i suppose it's it has been an achievement, to say the least. How long have you been living there now? Six months, is it? Uh, it's seven months, I think now. Yeah. Oh, cool. And are you, uh, you and your partner, getting on better or worse then? Better, I suppose. Yeah. Even with all the lockdown and and everything else that's going on. Yeah. No, it's been really good. Oh, Surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, brilliant. So I'm going to sort of wrap up a little bit now. Uh, obviously, this is this has been the the pilot episode um, of this podcast, and we we really just wanted to see how it goes and if there's interest for for more of it. Um, so if if anybody wants to send any any messages in of of the sort of things you want to to listen to, then then please do so. Um, if anybody wants to find John on social media, do you want to share your Instagram account, mate? Yes. Uh, here he goes. He doesn't even know what it is. Ah! Well, I didn't prime me for that one, so probably my fault. <laughs> it's uh, John M. Mike Alpha Tango 24. Oh, he's coming out with a phonetics already, look. Right? And you said he didn't miss the army. Oh, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, um, thanks for, for doing this. Um, you know, like I say, it's just a tester to see how, how it goes and, and to see if there's a, a need for it. And it's always nice to, to get somebody else's voice on rather than my monotone, brummy accent, if I'm honest. It's a nice, nice catch-up as well, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. good to have a catch-up. <laughs> I'd love to say we'll go for a brew, but unfortunately we might have to wait a while. No. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come, right. mate. It'll come. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> but uh, thanks ever so much, mate. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I enjoyed it, mate. You've been listening to Ash Winter and Friends. Feel free to get in touch via Instagram at ash.adventure or Twitter at ash underscore adventure. Thanks very much for supporting my podcast.